right, so welcome to the next episode of the Spiritual Alchemy Podcast. I'm here with Jean Palmer Maloney, my partner in Spiritual Alchemy and the, the Stardust Startup Factory, our nonprofit. And we're actually also here with a special guest, Sashka Avanyan. <laughs> Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, it's great to have you with us, Sashka. <laughs> it's a pleasure. So introduce yourself just a little bit. Ah, okay. So my name is Sashka Avanyan. Uh, I am one of the recipients of the Stardust Grant, very gratefully so. Um, and I live out in the tiny country of Armenia in a lovely city called Vanadzor, where I have a startup that's called Creopia Productions. And uh, the overarching goal at Creopia is to realize a creatively thriving atmosphere in this city and providing space and exploration for youth to creatively explore and so we do mostly video editing and animation work for clientele around the world and hope to provide creative breakthroughs for people in rural areas and for purposes of this conversation mm-hmm. you are tied to us because of an 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 adventure we're all on and our transforming grief to purpose because you happen to have known Angus. I did. Thank God for that. (laughs) So just for anyone listening, (laughs) Angus is uh, kind of the reason why we're all doing this. Mm -hmm. He um, was my boyfriend like uh, six years ago now. Mm -hmm. We got together and then we were together two years and then he passed away four years ago in September and he's Jean's son and Sashka knew him mm-hmm. um, from... In the you know, context of our friendship. In, in the, the context summer, of our friendship, yeah. we met at university in Montreal, Canada. So yeah. you knew him for like a couple years. Yeah, like one and a half, two years. Yeah. yeah. And so here we are all tied together. And I'm thinking in the background, I can hear his cockatiels screeching. <laughs> you know, I'm like, my God, those birds are big. I knew Angus too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it it is delightful that we're all, you know, I feel such a gift to be connected to both of you. And so I think that, you know, a lot of times people assume that when we've had a tragedy, there really isn't anything good going to come of it. But Mm -hmm. isn't this great? Right. So Mm -hmm. that brings us to the topic of today's podcast, which is assumptions. And that fits right in with our Um, spiritual alchemy theme of impermanence and perception because it kind of has a lot to do with perception in this case Um, so we're gonna have a conversation about assumptions and so let it begin so I think (laughs) truly when you boil it down an assumption is a thing that we accept as true or certain right and and we don't have proof necessarily we just we Mm -hmm. assume so there are many times when we're getting things confused in our mind. We're making assumptions and we don't have factual information to back it up. There's no real proof of anything. I am notoriously bad for assuming that when everything is quiet and people are not contacting me, they're, they're not emailing, they're not yeah. calling, they're not saying, I must have done something wrong. Mm. Like I will automatically default to what could I have done? Oh my gosh. You know? Mm. I think that getting back to Angus, I had a little bit of an undo because I kept going, where is he? He needs to get in touch. What's going on? That whole day when he was missing in action, 
right? And and he did die suddenly. He was out hiking. He was fine. He was communicating at one moment, and then he stops. And then we all start assuming what could be wrong. The battery in the phone could have died. Uh, there could be... but. There could be he uh, a fall. There could be uh, he just decided he's going to unplug for a bit. We right. didn't know. We didn't. That was know. totally going through mm-hmm. my head. I was, I was assuming all these positive things, and then once it became hours and hours, I started to assume negative things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when the worst happened, when we knew what happened, our assumptions of the no- negative things were true and became true. And I think that's where the trauma comes. And now. You know, when we're looking at our phones and someone's not responding, it the same feeling of that trauma coming back mm-hmm. because that assumption turned out to be true. We think that all, you know, these new assumptions that we make are also going to be true because of that trauma that's, you know, not necessarily been fully healed yet. You but. know, and, and I think, Sashka, back to a conversation we were having before we started recording, the assumption that grief is a loop that can close mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when maybe that assumption's erroneous to begin with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, we live in a time when I feel a lot like the, the, George Orwell's 1984 with Big 100%. Brother and, like, what mm-hmm. is a fact? Mm-hmm. Uh, is a fact something that is truth? Is truth fact? I mean, I don't know. I get goosebumps right now just even thinking about how bizarre... Are, are the way people present information, the way we interpret what's going on in the world around us. People go, well, that's the truth. And you go, well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is truth something that you just believe? Is it factually provable? Are facts something that can be disproven? You know, mm-hmm, right. people challenge statements in a court all the time, but others have said, this is the fact. And then somebody will go, well, except it's not true. I have contradictory <laughs> evidence. And then there becomes this mm. discussion about, is truth a fact? Is fact a truth? And, and I looked it right. up even, and I got this thing. Fact is true, but not all truths are facts. One plus one <laughs> equals two is a fact, but two is equal to one plus one is true, but not, not a fact. the only fact. Uh, two can be mm. equal to one times two, or zero plus two, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. two is equal to a whole lot of stuff. You know, and the more I was reading about this, the more I kept thinking, my gosh, you know, we want to assume a whole lot, don't we, about things being right or wrong, binary, this or that, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm, or that, yeah. and, and sometimes they're not, and mm-hmm, they never yeah. will be. Um, and, the and also sometimes things can be like a mystery and things can be unknown and stay unknown. And like, that's fine too. You have to accept that. You know, I think like so many people seek the truth all the time and seek the fact. And I don't know, sometimes I just want to be like, well, who cares? Just live in the, 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 the unknown. You know, mm-hmm. why does that trouble you so much? Like, it's so interesting that it's a mystery. It's interesting to find different truths, different ideas of truth, like different perceptions, you know, without assuming one real thing. And you know, that whole idea of divergent thinking, that whole idea of divergent versus convergent. If you're if you're totally focused on finding the answer, you're going to miss mm-hmm. so many other opportunities that might be out there for you. Right, exactly. So the way that we perceive 
what's going on. The way that's tied to our assumptions is so, I think it's so many people, it even gets back to this whole negativity chain of, of misunderstanding and paranoid feelings. And, you know, mm -hmm. and I think in relationships, it can be caustic. You know, whether it's a business relationship or a personal relationship, mm -hmm. you start making assumptions instead of just sitting down and kind of like Jim and I, my, my husband and I have been married now for 37 years. I don't know. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. And we'll sit down and we'll go, we need to have a face the mad dog conversation. <laughs> yeah. These are the things that I'm assuming because of the way you've been behaving. Am I right or wrong? You know, oh, would you, you, let's just kind of cut the walking around. And, and sometimes those assumptions lead to a whole lot of passive-aggressive interaction, right? Because the other person yeah. will say, what are you thinking about me? And, and <laughs> Totally. I think in a relationship especially, it's super, super important to not make assumptions. Just like it's important to not have expectations because mm -hmm. it can kind of lead to even like paranoia. Like if you think that your partner's cheating on you uh, because of, like, maybe, I don't know, your emotion or your assumption based on these tiny details that it has no connection to reality, you respond emotionally based on that or you're paranoid, and that can go really bad. I mean, I think assumptions can be super impactful in a really negative way. Um, they can, you know, lead to misunderstanding or being super naive because clearly you don't have knowledge about the situation completely. So it's, I, I think assumptions can be good and they can be bad, but I think they're mostly bad. <laughs> um, well, in there, but also like if you're feeling something because like for example if you're feeling angry because of something at work you might want to validate your uh feelings by assuming something your partner did even if it's not true because you kind of wanted to feel angry in some way because of your work situation mm. and that's that so. deferred anger sometimes you yeah, know? yeah 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 not being able to express it in one area of your life and letting it channel into something completely different mm. that doesn't actually have a prompt in its category yeah yeah, and that's super harmful to the person that you love that's right there and that's just trying to do their best. Mm. You know, and I think when when those assumptions just in life in general are kind of compounded and exacerbated because of uh, traumatic loss or, you know, an unexpected event that's causing, you know, a disruption in your life, like when someone dies suddenly, Angus was there one minute, he's out hiking around, he's having a blast, and then he's gone. And you go like, what? That's not the way this is supposed to be. And you're exactly right. It's that tied to expectation, tied to the certainty that, mm -hmm. you know, we've got time together or we've got whatever. I think that the assumptions tied to grief can make it all the more challenging. And I know that you've been thinking about this a bit. And would you go over some yeah. of the things that, that you were remembering associated? We have a little list that we kind of wrote down. I think we have three, four, five, six, seven um, assumptions tied to grief that we kind of, I think, should challenge. And that would be a good way to move move forward and move towards purpose mm. so I think the first one is my pain will never go away it's a huge assumption that yeah. I think we are making especially in the very first stage where we're just like or stages um where we're just like or even even later you know mm -hmm. you're just like god this pain has been lasting for you know a year or years or 
is it ever gonna go away? Um, I think it definitely is, and I think it will defer in different ways. I mean, I don't think, I don't know, it's a very tough decision because I'm still yeah. there, right? Yeah. But and I still have pain. But the just the the certainty of it will never, you know, it will never go. It will never leave. I will always be stuck with this. Mm-hmm. Like it's some kind of like black cloud over me. If I can just comment on this one, I think that for my personal experience in, in grieving Angus, that the kind of there have been certain points over the last few years where for example, last year at around December, I finally spread Angus's ashes after like having them for a few years. And I thought that when I spread his ashes, like that was some sort of a closing point to the grief. Right. And like I really at that time perceived it as this is an end point to like a process that I've been going through. And it's so interesting because now pretty much exactly a year later, I was challenged again in the grief because I was offered to go rock climbing with my uncle and I did. And so it was so interesting to just notice how my life was was really telling me that a cycle of one year has gone by and we're revisiting your grief right now because you're ready or because it's time. Mm. And so for me, the the assumption that my pain will never go away is maybe sometimes much weaker for example when I can go through a process and think that it's like a closing closing and marking off point and then when it returns in a new form okay maybe yes the statement my pain will never go away is true and that is also a beautiful thing in that there will always be a connection to to that and uh and so yeah I think that even if an assumption that we know by default can be quite negative I think recognizing circularity of certain things and at least for me that's been very present in the last few days can be very very important in that wow yeah I and you know as as you were commenting on that that circular you know here's Mm -hmm. a year later here we are we're revisiting Mm -hmm. it we're thinking about it um that even now and and you know I think Jim and I have been working through assumptions even now because we're just we're recording this on the 2nd of January and Mm -hmm. we've just gotten through a holiday season together and always around the holidays it's kind of like you know around for me for me he really hasn't gone anywhere he's still here it's just a matter of I can't quite feel him in the same way you know but we are absolutely Jim and I have got a real space of peace with this but all of our friends you know a lot of them not all of them but a whole big lot of them assume that every holiday season we have to go into a flat spin of depression and and cry you know just like grieving in a, a real raw sense again and that's an interesting thing so we're making assumptions you know we're talking about our individual assumptions right now but a lot of times the other people that we're around in life are making assumptions about us too. And they really don't know what we are or aren't feeling. Mm-hmm. And that projection can sometimes be disorienting as well. It can yeah. be really disorienting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So totally. So to come back to the list, I think the second one kind of definitely goes with the first one. I won't ever be happy. Mm. So really just like the happiness aspect that is so that was a really hard one for me because people say that just the word happiness and like yeah. trying like 
just be happy or like try to find happiness I was just like what does that mean does that mean I have to be fully like fully happy with everything that's going on in my life because I I won't be you Mm -hmm. know like I, I, I can't because of everything that I've been through so that that statement you know I won't ever be happy um I've definitely been through that. Mm -hmm. And then others don't understand me and can't help me. And that one is very, you know, hard to, I mean, it's very easy to assume because you feel like no one's ever been in your situation um, and can't help me because you have a very different experience than everyone else when really it's just a human experience that everyone, a lot of people have had and for, you know, since the beginning of time, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So I think reading books and like old books and old philosophers mm-hmm. and seeing that that's really cool because you can see how even, you know, centuries ago, people were still living those human experiences that you're living in 2020. It's yeah. For me, the best coping mechanism for when I feel misunderstood is returning to art and creativity mm-hmm. and knowing that that you Sometimes, you know, as you discover more and more as you grow, there are certain categories of artists that express something that touch you in a certain moment and maybe returning back to yeah. those things can also make you feel much more understood in like times of self-isolation. Like think of how many, yeah, think of how many artists have written songs about mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. there's definitely a song that fits with your emotions and how you're feeling. So yeah. that can definitely make you feel less. And sometimes alone. you can feel misunderstood in your own social circle, but if you go into like your creative comfort zones and like right. a familiar movie or something then then that can find that can provide the understanding you need to lean on temporarily yeah totally because in social situations sometimes you know we're having alcohol or it's very like surface level talking mm-hmm. and then you you know you don't have time for a deep conversations and then you, there's pressure and or you don't want to burden someone you else. don't want to burden yeah. someone the other you know you don't the other person may not like want to hear about all your you think that they don't want to hear about all your issues and your problems (laughs) and then they don't you're thinking that they don't know how to respond and and art is a great way to Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. get that through you know so unless you're doing art with your friends in which case that could work (laughs) (laughs) um so another one is i i am alone slash abandoned this is one that I worked on with my psychotherapist Mm. when we were doing EMDR work Mm. with the trauma and you know I kept saying this statement I'm alone and abandoned and we worked on like trying to take that out basically Mm. and just be Mm. like well you're not actually and so I've done a lot of positive work with that one but it's definitely a big one you know It, it is a full full assumption because it's not true you know it's not fact well, it might be true for you, but it's not fact, right? I think, Jean, you had you had a couple more. I think that the 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 relationship of assumptions and expectations really started getting into some mm-hmm. of my thoughts because I right after the the assumption tied to grief that I immediately went to when I heard was that I'm expected to manage everything. You know, I'm just going to have to put my own feelings and everything in the closet. And one of these days I'll be able to deal with it because right now everybody's expecting me to be the one that that is on point. You know, I'm strong, I'm smart, I'm all of these things. And so everybody, it's just like no, no luxury of falling to pieces. I think a lot of that comes with the assumptions about what you give the role of being a mom. 
mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that you just go, this is what I have to do. And and honestly, a, a friend of mine who lost her son uh, in his 30s, when, when he and I were in Afghanistan, he was in an IED explosion. But that was one of the first things she told me because I called her after Angus passed her, after we got the news. I was like, Lydia, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And she was like, well the thing that you have to do is you hold it together for everybody else. Mm. And you go, God, you know, she said that to you. <laughs> oh my because God. That was the way that she, you know, because yeah, the, she's it, got yeah. her, her other sons, you know, the, the rest of the family, everybody's needing that anchor point And you, you don't have the luxury of being able to kind of fall to pieces. Wow. And it was like, Oh, that was a, that was a lot. Cause I think it was for the better part of a year where I just didn't, you know, I, how, how can I be the one to really process what's gone on? I got to be here for right. anyone else. And I, I think if I could go into rewind, that might be the only thing that I am more honest with people about. But like you were saying, Sashka, sometimes you don't want to burden people. Like, mm-hmm. and even, you know, just a casual person go, Hey, how are you? And I, mm-hmm. I just had to, kind of quit to, I, I just said don't ask no nobody ask how I am right now because I don't even know how to begin to answer that you know if you just mm-hmm. but but that even in casual conversation people go hi how are you and somebody else say oh I'm fine and you go I'm so not fine yeah, I'm so not fine. Because when they ask that question, they're assuming that you're going to say, I'm fine or I'm good. They're going to be assuming that you're good and it's going to be good news and everything's going to be great. Or that you're polite enough not to really go into it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, and then when you do, it breaks their assumption and they're shocked and, mm. you know, or just probably feeling like, ugh, you know, this well, then, all right. Then they they're going to take up my time. Or they feel weird and guilty. You know, and I think the idea of, of, of weaving in guilt in some of this assumption conversation also is important, too, because I think that there, there is a, a term in mental health therapy called survivor guilt. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're one of the ones who's left, uh, you start thinking about what could I have done differently? I, you know, and you assume that everything that happened somehow or another, you could have helped prevent. I sent right. Angus the pin drop to the the place where he was hiking around. I mean, if anybody feels the rabbit, I'm like, I told him to go there, you know? <laughs> but, but you know, I, I also believe that we're not born one minute before we're supposed to be here, and we don't linger one minute beyond the time that we're going to be gone, you know, from a karma and life perspective. Uh, it's it's like, who, who am I to impose any kind of moral judgment about when you should or shouldn't be here? So... Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of had to go through a lot of that. If this was his time to go, and if it weren't, he would still be here, then I got to relax and give him the ownership of that. I feel like that that is the most difficult journey. I think that's been the most difficult journey for me, just trying to get sense of um, that it happened for a reason, (laughs) because I hate when people say that, and I hate it, and I just cannot get over it, and... I'm still working on that. Well, and I think that there's a big difference between some of that more, you know, oh, everything happens for a reason kind of talk and and feeling that from a spiritual perspective that, you know, what what our spirits are doing in this place that's the world in 2020 or the world in 2015 is you have you have a thing that you're up to, but whatever that may or may not be, it's it's no one, you know, 
you've got your own little karmic trip that you've you're working through and and that's you know not that it happened for a reason or anything else but nothing more than what he was supposed to be here for for right now is done and he's moving on to the next thing that's just crazy though and I still can't believe my mind still cannot comprehend that because Mm -hmm. for me even if it was his karmic journey to be here for 22 years like that is so unfair to him and to his goals and to his progress as a human I feel like his spiritual journey was you know unfair to everything that he was and wanted to become well, but if you stop to think about if one of his, if one of the things he was determined, because I remember the moment that you and I were talking, I was sitting in the hall right over there and I was in my t-shirt and the light was off and I had you on the phone and I was like, oh my God, you know, and, and you said he was going to change the world. And if you kind of look at some of the stuff we've been doing with Stardust even, and you go, all of that is connected to the journey that Angus has brought us on, you know. I know, but that, but I, I totally understand. But for me, that's like that's a benefit to us, and that's a benefit to the world. But where's the benefit to him? Well, you know, you know, like what's yeah. his benefit in all this? What's his benefit of this karmic journey that only lasted twenty two years? And well, I'm, I'm gonna get emotional, so I'm gonna stop. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> but like and, it's and just I, I don't know. It's just weird. And and I think that that goes back to some of the one of the points that you made before is that one of the assumptions tied to grief is that people know what comes after death and you know and and I really love that Tibetan book of living and dying which really bridges you know there there's this this big thing called life and birth and death are just part of this big thing called life and that the energy that is you the energy that is me the energy that's inside of this body here in North Carolina in 2020 is not just this is not all there is to me you know and so the way that I perceive what's happening later and in my mind I see I see that moment on September 26 in 2015 as a point when his spirit just exploded you know like I see him reaching into that celestial way kind of thing and so we have a little bit of a different feeling in a different way of working with that and you know what both of them they're what they're what work for us you know yeah mm-hmm. and I think that yeah. any of these things those types of grief that if if Angus could have given us any kind of feeling of anticipatory grief although I have a, a dear friend who is from Iran and she she always goes death is on our shoulder you know that that you should never not be anticipating death death is on your shoulder um that that we're 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 caught off guard when something happens suddenly like this and it's going to happen and it's like you were saying death is one of the few certainties that we can say yep this body is going to check out yeah it's crazy that Mm -hmm. it's that it's that certain and that we're still so so troubled by it it's it is crazy but there are like the tibetans and people like that that just it's in their culture to and their practices to just um anticipate and be prepared and so they're not as troubled by it and they're way way more at peace um and it's i mean Mm -hmm. i'm very admirative of 
of that is that admirative mm-hmm. a word? <laughs> well, I think admiring that, of that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there there are a whole lot of um, of these assumptions that you've you've jotted down that are tied to um, to grief that make it make it complicated for some people. You know that there there's feelings of loss, there's feelings of guilt, there's feelings of the that that anger, there's feelings, there's a whole lot of feelings associated with this. You know, right. and that a lot of times that assumption of this is how I'm supposed to feel or this is wrong or you know that we start judging. We mm-hmm. start judging our assumptions and go ourselves. Well, and yeah, and also the assumption that there are these five stages of grief. Mm-hmm. Like, how many times have you heard that? And 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 just been like, hey, that is not my situation at all. I feel like I'm in the third stage, even though I should be in the fifth state. You know what I mean? Like, that or, is a huge assumption. Dear God, or the idea that it's a linear. You mm-hmm. go from here to here to here. Because Sasha, back to your idea of that closed loop. No, you know, for me, it is more of a spiral. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it's like so, I revisit it. I revisit those things, but I've learned a little bit more. I'm not the same. I've experienced something differently. So it's it's circling back around, but with a different me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I think when our assumptions are shattered by the, you know, traumas and troubles that we've been through, it's important to not feel crazy or feel like your world is falling apart but to find I mean that's the hardest thing but to find peace in that and just be like hey you know my situation is different because I'm a different human being than everyone else and that's fine and that's great you know um like we also make the assumption that there's only one type of grief and that's kind of what Jean was alluding to before which is uh, which is wrong because there's t- there's so many. Um, there's anticipatory grief, complicated grief, chronic grief, delayed, distorted, dramatic, abbreviated, exaggerated, absent, collective, inhibited, like secondary. There's so many. And if you go to a therapist, they'll, they'll kind of diagnose that for you if you, if you want to know more. <laughs> but I honestly, like he told me at one point, my my therapist that I have I was having complicated grief because I was complicated basically means that it's linked with depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and you kind of have those both with the grief and that it's very like it, it impairs your ability to do your regular daily activities um but I think I had that for a few for I don't know maybe a year maybe two but it's definitely gone now and I, I still have grief, but I think it's just a different type. So yeah, it's definitely that spiral and our assumptions are getting challenged more and more, I think, which is good. Well, and I think getting back <clears throat> to the idea of, are, are you know, are you worthy to be, you know, is, is it okay to not be sad? Mm-hmm. Is it okay to be happy again? Yeah. You know, that you do have to get back to that sense of self-worth. Um, you know, that there are there are things that you can control, there are things that you can't control. This is the situation we're looking at and how are we gonna deal? But yeah. And and I think people deal in different ways. Sometimes like you were saying, Sashka, you know, you're able to put out the ashes and then you're you're able to kind of revisit that thought. You're able to go rock climbing and you're able to revisit that thought. You know, that everything is everything 
it, and it hits you. You know, you assume you assume that after five years or four and a half years, surely I've gotten over some things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's and then it's time to open the box of the Christmas stuff and to see what we want to put out. Mm. And I go, I don't think I can. You know, not yet. We haven't put up Christmas decorations now for five Christmases, because I'll just I'll look oh, at wow. the box and I'll go, nope, yeah, can't do it yet. Maybe yeah. next year. Mm-hmm. And it's just stuff, right? It's just stuff. It's not the thing. It's all the memories. It's all of the, you know, it's all of the things that by now, 2020, what did I assume life would be like for him? Yeah. For you, you know? And so we, we really do, I think, different times of the year, create these different moments, different things that we're up to. I think the, the need to bring in art and to be in nature, to be to be able to kind of get away from the buzz of, of everything. Because I, I believe that for me, and, and one of the ways that I, I, I see a little bit of closure in our conversation, that I believe that people in the world today build a lot of the assumptions that are in their head based on a whole lot of misinformation, wrong information, just the the inundation of things, you know, people telling you what you ought to or ought not to be at this point in your life or what you ought to be buying or where you ought to be visiting. And, we, you know, it's just like, stop. Have some time when you're you're true to yourself and you stop trying to let other people's version of who you should be. I got to tell you, I am looking at the calendar going 2020. Oh my God, how can I be 63? How can my husband be 70? (laughs) No, you know, I I think that we're supposed to be old and we're, we're in this world of grandparents and we're in all of these weird spaces now where I'm like, ah, you know, because I'm assuming that by now I should have my act together. By now I should be this wizened woman that people are coming to. And so often the, the, I don't <laughs> I don't feel that, you know. And so um, yep. I think that we do have a need to be true to ourselves, a need to be able to look at some of this stuff and go, you know what, we can have it, we can, we can, have an honest discussion and agree to disagree on certain points. You know, we can mm-hmm. have a conversation. And I think that's another thing that people are getting so away from is they assume that if you have a difference of opinion about one thing, it means that you're just going to need to be unfriended. <laughs> you know, you don't think oh, about, the, you don't think the way I think on that. So we're just going to not be able to, to get along or to have a relationship, to have a conversation. And that's wrong, too. And I think that especially when we're working with our own grief and when we're when every once in a while, it's good to look at somebody and go, I see it differently, that you maybe take an Eckhart Tolle approach to it. And you go, well, is that so? And and release the judgment. Everybody's Mm -hmm. just got their own way of of working through things and, and dealing with it. Yeah. So as we think about going from grief to purpose and 2020 and making objectives and that's what we were doing Mm -hmm. earlier with Sashka we're kind of filling out our journals and thinking about our objectives for the new year I think it's important to definitely have goals definitely have objectives Angus had those and I always think of what would Angus do um and positive ones and things and intentions right things that you want to do and things that you're excited for without making full assumptions of what's going to happen exactly and keeping that freedom and 
sense of flow in your life and taking things as they come as well, you know, without so many expectations. So I think that's what I want for 2020. Mm. Right? Oh, how great. <laughs> how great. <laughs> well, I, th- I think that you might have just um, triggered something that has been in my mind for 2020, and that's to quit trying to demand when and how things happen. Mm-hmm. I know what I want. I just need to kind of back up and shut up a little bit and quit dictating right. so many things. Because mm-hmm. if it doesn't happen that way, the way that I assumed it ought to, then I get all undone. So that's a really important part. That's that's a great goal for 2020. Sashka, what do you have for 2020? Uh, I love that point that you just made because uh, for... For me, I'm, I feel like this year has been very significant for me because it's the first year in my life where I feel like I have found a purpose that I'm able to articulate with Creopia. And it's uh, it's great for my partner and I to have like between the two of us a very aligned vision of what we're striving for. So for the first time in my life this year, I've been experiencing that, yes, I know where I'm going, but the realization has come that I have absolutely no idea how we're gonna get there like we can make as many plans as possible and like over the last year we were doing our reflections and we like talked about we literally didn't follow through on a single one of our plans because it was just constant adaptation and reiteration to you know development of concept and so I think for 2020 one thing that I'll definitely be pushing myself to come to terms with and to find more acceptance around is that the most important thing is having the vision and the end goal and becoming more and more comfortable with not knowing exactly what the path or process is going to look like because you're consistently going to be figuring that out and reorienting. So that's, I love that. That's I like a, that. that's like a, there are like scribbly lines that I can see are very far ahead of me and I know where they're going, but I just don't know what that journey is going to be. And I think that the joy will be in accepting that process. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And, and that really takes a whole lot of trust you know, mm-hmm. and then you know. so much trust and mm-hmm. seemingly blind trust. But I feel like the more you trust, the less blind it feels. <laughs> if right. I can say that. And, but it's not totally yeah. blind because you have that end objective. Exactly. That's the thing. That's the most important thing is, is that, knowing the yeah, objective right. and end goal. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think for me the 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 twenty twenty part that I just want to really maintain. And I believe that we, in so many ways, I think about spiritual alchemy and stardust and the work that Camille and I have done kind of like burst from my head like Athena from Zeus. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have time for it to grow <laughs> and to do this sweet little, you know, let's nurture this. It just wham. Um, and to be able now, Five years and you know we're in we're in our fifth year of kind of working going wow all right so this is where we are that to be so full of so much positive energy and and it's not it's not that things don't happen but finding opportunity when things don't work out the way that you assumed they ought to being being open being very convergent in the way that we're looking at challenges and solutions and everything and not not so narrow not so narrow i don't want to be narrow this year i want this year to be a time of just you know so um that said i think it's i think it's going to be a wonder-filled 
2020. And I, no I do believe that the assumptions that we make, you know, and, and I swear to God, I will close at this point. But I think that in terms of just social grief and dealing with change and loss, we've got so many things as a human race that's out there right now, human species. Um, we've got climate change issues. We've got social issues. We've got a lot of things that, you know, we can, we can look at and we can just sort of start that downward spiral down, or we can try to be more convergent in looking for opportunities and solutions or, you know, just kind of reframing. And I, I think it's going to be a very interesting year, you know, but I think it, it's, it can, yeah positive and full of fun and i really love you know i might need you to try to do a visual of the athena thing with stardust (laughs) spiritual alchemy but it it really has been something to work with the the nonprofit to work with our own spiritual growth in a way that wasn't we didn't have the luxury of time we had to get it 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 started you know, and of all the things, as much as I look back at that comment and go, you just had to get it together, as much as I want to think, oh, I just wanted to fall apart. Part of getting it together for me was the Stardust adventure. Mm-hmm. And it, it had to happen. I didn't have any other choice, you know? Yep. I love you too. It's great to have had this conversation. Sashka, it's wonderful to have you be able to join oh, us. It is beyond <laughs> lovely to speak with you anytime, Jean. Thank you for sharing all of that. And so for the purposes of our conversation today, we'll uh, kind of end our conversation with Sashka, and it was very great to have you join us. Thank you so much, Jean. It was wonderful, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. So don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Always. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.